Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Welcome to By the Mash Turn, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about some beer. I'm Mike Harrison Wood, and unlike normal, there is no Cal Noble here today. Instead, we have a guest. Hello. Hello. Introduce yourself, please. I'm James Moore. Uh, I've been on this podcast once before. Yay. Uh, I'm here to talk about hops. Hops and the growing of Indeed. Yes, right. this is our Green Hop episode. Yes. Yeah. In this episode, we are looking at a very highly seasonal style of beer uh, called Green Hop, where you take the hops straight from the bind and you use them in the beer without drying them first. Predictably, there's only a sort of two, three week window you can do this. So listen now and do it immediately. Okay. Yes. Yes. And we are. Yes. But, yeah, so, James, you're an avid hop grower as of one year ago. <laughs> yes, so I'm very lucky to have had an excellent first harvest. Yeah. Uh, so we are we'll be brewing with it later. I've brewed a lo- uh, uh, Sorry, I haven't brewed yet, but I've got a lovely uh, harvest of first gold hops. Nice. Uh, but obviously there are, there are other hops going into our beer. Yes, um, yeah. I think we've got Challenger. Challenger. And uh, Cascade. A, a very small amount of Cascade as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, too, have grown hops for the last couple of years. Not very successfully, um, and I've learned lessons from it. But James, you know, you've you've hit the ground running. So, what are your processes for growing hops? Okay, so first of all, you need to research it because it's very very important uh, to research before you before you jump in uh, tea fit first. Because actually, as you found, Mike doesn't necessarily all go to plan. No. So um, first of all, you need a garden. Quite important. So actually, uh, I recommend not growing it in pots. So I would say that if you live in an apartment or a flat. Uh, probably not going to have much chance of growing a successful hop. Uh, you also want to think about the style of hops. So there are obviously lots of different styles of British hops that will, that will grow in Britain. Most of them are sort of standard hops. The one I have grown is a dwarf hop variety. First mm. Gold is in fact the first UK hedgerow or dwarf hop that was grown. Uh, and it's sort of a combination of Goldings and a strain that was made at uh, an agricultural college. Yeah. So this one <clears throat> grows very nicely. It doesn't grow too high. You don't need a ladder to harvest anything. Uh, like you might with normal hop strains. Yeah, they can they can grow very high, sort of 12, 15 feet sort yeah. of up in the air, which yeah. is pretty high. And yeah. most gardens can't, don't have things to accommodate that. Yeah, so. this one only grows about three feet high, which is oh. perfectly reasonable yeah. for, for most gardens. So I live in a um, small terrace house with a long, thin garden, perfect lots of room for that sort of thing so mm-hmm. it's grown in a in a in a raised bed with lots of natural soil for, the, for it to go down the roots to go down and lots of compost for it to uh, be fed and you can buy very easy as i did uh, from many retailers online the bare root hop plant um and there are other dwarf hop varieties available i went for the classic first gold mostly because i'm familiar with the hop um, mm. i've had it in many beers i, yeah, uh, I yeah. quite like the taste of it as an english hop uh, english hops themselves are not too exciting uh but the first gold <laughs> is one of the better ones out there I and mean, there are other ones being grown right now but if it's a great um well-developed hop for growing in your garden yeah works well on its own and you know if you're blending it with other English hop varieties, it can just give it a little something extra. Yeah, a bit of and, zhuzh. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. There are, there are 
multiple new varieties on the horizon of English hops that are much more exciting, much more sort of interesting. Yep. N- you know, New World esque flavors, but not like not the standard stuff. Yeah. So. And actually, although even some of those new ones, again, actually harder to grow. The first gold has been made to be grown in most parts of Britain. Whereas yeah. actually, got these other new uh, British shops that are still only grown in Kent because they only get the favourable conditions there. Mm. But obviously, we're in the south of England, so we still get pretty good pretty good conditions nice we've sunny. had a very nice summer yeah. so we had lots of sun so it has been ideal conditions anyway for hot growing because it needs lots of sun didn't need to water it once nice because so it's in the ground it's in the ground yeah. so again that's uh, you want to make it as easy as possible for yourself uh, to look after a hop and it was the only thing you have to do really to look after it is, is support it so mm. not, not through any sort of emotional needs but um, it, uh, <laughs> it, it needs physical support so I've grown it up against a trellis mm. so that's very helpful and you need support sticks as well to, to sort of for the binds to both uh, be supported vertically and horizontally yeah. apart from that it's very much hands off Uh, apart from pest control Uh, Mm. so i was very lucky to have uh ladybirds nesting in my hot plants which they grew actually laid many eggs and many baby ladybirds came ate all the aphids but you will have aphids that appear for your hop so you want to think about pest control either through natural means of encouraging ladybirds in your garden through other means or there are various sprays and oils but i would try and go down the natural route if you can yeah the um as you mentioned you can buy ladybirds as well you can you buy can, yeah. you can buy a sort of a box that just turns up and it's full of ladybirds <laughs> that yep. seems yeah, a bit yeah, weird yeah. i've, I've never weird. done it myself you can do it um but i would yeah. absolutely recommend having that sort of natural pest control yeah and, and uh, apparently a a quick way of getting rid of lots of aphids is um sort of soapy water just, just soapy normal water is, liquid. there are various ways of doing it something called neem oil as well which they recommend that you basically want to you don't want to go down any pesticide route you mm. want to stick with something that's natural and and will uh you, you want to actually encourage things like lady burst to because yeah, otherwise yeah, some yeah. things will, will get keep everything away from your uh, yeah you do want your, the lady from your there. hops and you want to actually uh you want some natural protection because uh, that those sort of pesticide things won't last very long mm. and um harvest time uh, changes for different varieties but on the whole it's from late august <coughs> all the way up to sort of mid to late september that's right um, there's actually a hop growers calendar online you can find so if you want to do yeah. home growing there's a whole calendar of what you do every month uh to support your hop plants so it's actually really easy to follow and i'm rubbish at gardening so uh <laughs> i've actually i've never done this first time growing hops before and um, it was got a good yield for the first year yeah, so yeah, yeah. as long as you set up with those those good conditions to start with and you've done your research you can do it yes. quite easily i did not do enough research so i broke that first rule i put mine in pots which uh was fine for the first year um they they grew moderately well i I had a sort of reasonable harvest not great but then this year it's just been dreadful just uh they they really struggled in those first couple of weeks where most other hops will have just exploded out the gate they just they crawled along very slowly uh only one variety got higher than about two meters and yeah it's it's not done well um and, and as you say with pots you've got to pay much more attention to the the moisture in there you've got a uh, yeah and and it's harder to put trellises and stuff nearby pots because well not necessarily because you can move the pot next to the trellis but um if it's in the ground you can build something a bit more permanent and a bit more low maintenance and 
it's just I think I'm going to be doing that from now on. I think. Yeah, don't don't pot your hops. It's um, don't pot your it hops. just doesn't work just very don't well. Do it. You're actually it may seem easy to start with being a, being a pot, but you just you're just making more work for yourself later on. Yeah, especially the fact I haven't had to water mine once. Exactly makes it very low maintenance. Beautiful. So we've got a lot of those hops. My kitchen is now smelling amazing. Mm-hmm. And our like hands are our smelling hands. amazing from from yes. from separating all the hop uh, very, flowers from the binds. Very sticky and resinous hands. Um, yeah, we yeah we've been sifting through them. We've been putting them into little pots and uh, making the calculations necessary to brew a beer. Talking of the beer, I should say what we're actually brewing. So you can obviously with hops, you can make any style you want. Um, the main reasons for doing a green hop beer is partly laziness. So if you are home growing your own hops, you don't have to dry them. Drying is a stage that helps preserve them in the long term. Um, and it's very easy to do if you've got, you know, air and cupboard and some anything to keep them aerated and uh, dry in an air and cupboard, they'll be fine. Um, as long as they, as soon as they are dry, you put them somewhere very cold. They'll last for 12 months. Easy. Don't worry about it. But if you can't be bothered with that, green hops a good way of doing it it's uh nice and fresh you get the freshest uh aromas that you can from it uh some people suggest that you also get sort of grassy and and more sort of floral herby notes come through uh which not everyone's a big fan of especially the big ipa fans and especially the new england ipa fans where everything's about tropical big fruit flavor grapefruit that type of thing um in west coast ipas I know that English hops do get a bit of a bad rep for in that regard of being a bit more sort of noble and, and, and herbal and not as desirable in that regard, especially at higher intensities. But if you are looking for that flavor and you do like it, then green hop is a fantastic way of doing it. I think actually it's exciting, exciting thing to have because you can only find it on draft for, for like a month. Yes. So, so it, it's something you only get sort of you're only going to find September, October, maybe in November before the Christmas beers start coming out. But it's one of those ones where you you're only going to find it occasionally. Yeah, it's uh, such a short. Yeah, time I mean you span. might find it bottled, but the, it'll really shine on draft. Yeah, yeah, getting it a, a fresh green hop beer straight in the cask as soon as it's ready. Straight on in the tap room or, yep. or the pub. As soon as it's ready, God, yeah, you you won't get much fresher than that. Yeah, definitely. And um, keg as well, brilliant. Yeah, Lovely. I think I think it worked. Depending on, I think we discussed earlier, Mike, before we start the podcast. Actually, the green hop style is not a style of beer; it's a characteristic you can add to a yeah. beer. So it'll work. It'll probably work with any style of beer. Maybe not so much the darker beers, but there are green hop pale ales amber beers yeah. bi- best bitters even yes. which use green hops yeah you were mentioning Windsor and Eaton's Guardsman yeah Windsor and Eaton's Guardsman you'll find the green hop version of that uh, on cask mm. uh, throughout sort of the green hop season and that is just a, a, a sort of mid-brown best yes sort of, yeah. yeah and it sort of it sort of peps it up almost mm. I mean it's a nice it's a nice best bitter to start with but um it, it adds that kind of real freshness. It's hard to sort of describe the the, the characteristic of just fresh. It's not. It's <laughs> not like it doesn't add a. You know, I just say there's, there is kind of that grassy taste to it, but it's certainly um, a really good one. And there are kind of other fresh beers out there. Another one I recommend is Little Scotney Pale Ale by Western Brewery, mm-hmm. and they brew that with the local hops grown in the National Trust beer garden next to it. So there are some really interesting stuff out there. Nice, nice. Well, uh, as for my recipe, what I'm 
choosing to do with these green hops is something a little bit traditional. Um, I knew that the hops that I would have access to would be a lot more along the traditional English varieties. Um, so I chose to go for just a session English pale ale. So something about 4%, something that is predominantly Maris Otter. Everyone loves it. It's a lovely malt. Had a little taste of it. Yeah. What a treat. <laughs> um, so there's a tiny bit of uh, caramel, uh, not caramel, it's uh, caramalt mm-hmm. um, and wheat malt. What I've done essentially is taken the recipe from Cal's English IPA from a few months ago. He did a, a fantastic uh example of an english ipa taking that recipe and i've just bumped everything down a little bit just down a notch so it is more about four percent something to really let the flavor and the freshness of the hop shine through as they're the stars of this style um there's there's a hint of that sort of english ale esters that will probably creep through from the the sort of so4 i'm using but mostly it's down to the hops uh talking of which you've mentioned before we've we've got this uh goldings no, not, uh, what were they? The prima donna. Prima, they're cool. They're gonna, either known as prima donna or first gold. First, first gold, gold is is the name you'll see more regularly if you see it as a hop used in a beer. Yeah. If you see it in uh, on bottles or draft. Yeah. So uh, flavor wise, what should we expect from uh, first gold? So you're looking at kind of herbal citrusy taste. Uh, I think a little bit of mandarin. It says in there as well. It's, uh, okay. it's again English hops. It's not. It's not going to blow your socks off by any any <laughs> any strength of. Um, compared to sort of new world hops and even some of the newer English hops been out there, but it is a good. It's I, I think it's a good all rounder of a, of a good a good hop that uh, it produces a really nice taste. Nice, nice. Uh, there is some Challenger, which uh, mostly I'm using as uh, bittering. Um, I, I'm not um, super clued up on its flavour, but uh, yeah, there's something about it having like a green tea edge to it, which mm-hmm. uh, might work quite well with that sort of grassy freshness. Um, so some of it I'm keeping for aroma, but I'm also um, bittering with that. And then, as I say, there is a very small amount of Cascade that I've grown. Um, Cascade, we've discussed many times in the past. It's, yeah, really good. Citrusy, zingy, but, you know, big, wide flavor as well. Lovely. But UK Cascade versus, obviously, there are two different types. Yes, yeah, there are, there's lots of different... Because there's a UK Cascade, I think there's like a European grown yeah, Cascade. Yeah, there's an and American Cascade, and yeah. Challenger has a US version as well. So oh, does it? It does, yeah. Oh, so wow. UK Challenger and there's US Challenger as well. <laughs> I mean, and imagine, obviously, the variances of flavour. First mm-hmm. Gold is uh, is entirely English. It's, it was developed especially for English cultivation. Yeah, so it's going to grow particularly well in our climate. Yeah. Um, whereas Cascade, as I found out, maybe not. Oh, and uh, another good rule of thumb as well for if you are adding green hops to your beer is you massively have to increase the weights. Obviously, since the hops haven't been dried, there's a lot of moisture content still in them. And apparently you might need to go anywhere from six to eight times the amount of weight. So if if your recipe calls for 100 grams of a certain hop, you might need to do 600, 700, even 800 grams of that hop simply because the water weighs so much. It's all, that's why green hopping is also wet hopping. Yes, so that is the, another. also known as wet hops, and that is why. Because of the water. Exactly. Just... They are, they're not wet as in you don't pick them off the bind and they are wet, but yes, actually because they, yeah. they're not dry, they still have lots of moisture in them. Exactly. And it might, uh, because this is the first green hop beer I've ever done, 
it might actually do some very peculiar things to the gravity. Um, the amount of moisture in the hops might actually be extracted into the beer and make the beer weaker um, and more voluminous. But uh, it might not. Who knows? Uh, only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I have also got... Um, <laughs> so I, 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 I grew uh, Cascade. Also got a Chinook. And I got the grand total of two cones <laughs> of that. It yeah. did not do well. It, it suffered from the aphids very heavily. And um, I didn't pay enough attention. So there you go. Not enough ladybirds. Yeah. Do you want to say who grew the Challenger hops as well? As he has been oh, on this yes. podcast. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Challenger hops were due to uh, Dave Ashmore, who has been on the uh, podcast couple of times before already you might know him from the landlord episode you might know him from the back to basics episode as well uh well we you know, in the landlord episode we definitely talked about english uh varieties in english english ale styles and that type of thing so go check them out uh thank him for his hops if you see him um there's also some more first gold from my mum as well that's that right she's, yeah. she's she, she in fact was the one who encouraged me to grow that variety <laughs> so she'd had success so uh yeah. so we've got a nice amount of first gold in there nice nice uh we do have a little something to try as well whilst we're talking about all of this um <laughs> there is a variety of cheese called herefordshire hop Her- herefordshire hop there you go uh so it is a uh mature-ish cheddar rolled in hop dust but toasted hop dust and we've got some out in front of us here a little bit in front of me here yeah uh what can you what can you tell me from the english presumably english hops that they've used in this cheese well first it was not using the production so it's just on the edge um mm. but not a lot if i'm honest <laughs> um i think it's kind of more gimmicky but it's a nice idea mm. there's a little bit of a bitter twang i guess mm. in the background i could actually i reckon like basically you find cheese made with like spring onions and herbs mm. and things i reckon you probably could make one with hops in it it probably work but no one's done it yet not with it sort of inside <clears throat> no so that's a little <coughs> call out to any cheese makers you're right there mike sorry just choking on cheese um uh immediately so, eat some more there you go so, <laughs> so call out to cheese makers out there mm. makers a, a cheese that's got hops in it yes uh that would be exciting. They can just... They, they should go and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not coffee, though, as we decided. Well, I mean, you decided. I decided because <laughs> we, were, we were picking the hop cones uh, while I was drinking some coffee. And Mike's just like, Mike, I want to put some in my coffee. And I said, I'm not... I said, I like I'm coffee. Doing that. I like coffee and beer, not hops in coffee so much. But, you know, I'm sure there'll be a brewer out there or a coffee maker out there who will do that sort of collaboration at, at some point in the future. Why not? Try everything in everything. Yes. Why not? <laughs> of course. Uh, so I think we've discussed the beer and we've discussed uh, the advantages of using green hops. Maybe it's time for a little bit of beer. Yay, beer, yay. It's time for the beer news. So uh, we are back on some local news at the moment. Very local to us here in Reading. A new brewery is on the horizon. Ooh. Yeah, so I hear Yes, brewery called Phantom Brew Co. Mm. From what I can tell, know anything about this? A little bit. I spoke to one of the people involved in it yesterday, um, who has been involved in various pubs and breweries in the local area, uh, and it's going to be 
based out of industrial units near Caversham Bridge. So it's going to be on the Reading side of Caversham Bridge. Uh, off, this is super local uh, niche <laughs> yeah. stuff, but it's near uh, near the Cow Lane Bridge, oh, which wow. has now been expanded. So it'll have it'll have super good access. Nice, but nice. it's going to be key keg and keg only. Uh, I'm not quite sure what styles they're going to be brewing yet or what their capacity is going to be. But obviously, a new brewery will, will start mm. off small and work out from there. Cool. Um, but we'll, we'll watch this space and see what sort of things they're producing. Yeah, we've obviously yeah. had the success of Double Barreled recently. Oh, yeah. They've uh, just had their first year. Um, they've done very well. Yeah. Very, very excited with them. And I think they're lovely people. Mm. I saw one of their beers in London the other day. Just on oh, wow. Yeah, so they're obviously getting out there, which is lovely to see. Yeah. Uh, me and uh, my wonderful wife, Rachel Harrison Wood went down to the tap room yesterday, in fact, to oh, have a, a very nice uh, Saturday afternoon. Fantastic beers. They, they've they obviously done some very interesting, peculiar styles, but even just their IPAs are just yeah. fantastic and Lovely I, taste. I can drink their stuff all day. So. Yeah, I really, they had a they had a beer a couple weeks ago, which was a Black Current beer, yes. which was just yeah, incredible. Yeah, the, oh, the summer it was session. Like, it was alcoholic ripe beer, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it, was just, yeah. it just worked. It looked the part. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah, so yeah, exciting times for uh, every town getting new breweries all the all the time these days. So fantastic. Yep. Um, I think it's probably time that we actually drank a beer. I think we talked so. About it, well, as well as talked about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Mike, what have we got to drink now? So at the moment we have Hogsback Brewery, and yep. the beer is Hop Garden Gold. Okay. 4.4% English golden beer. Um, English pale ale, sorry. Um, that is hopped with fuggles, but these fuggles are fresh local hops from, uh, what does it say, one of the last hop farms in the area. Okay. Uh, in Farnham Valley, where they're based. Okay, so that's obviously not far from where we are now. So we are having a beer with local hops. Yes. Yeah. That's within. So 25 miles, yeah, almost yeah. certainly. So, And um, it, it sounds like they're getting the hops fresh to the brewery as quickly as possible. So yep. I'm not sure whether it's green hop, probably not, um, but still fresh, local, quick. Yep. So looking at it, it's uh, sort of ambery, mm-hmm. definitely golden, not a, not a sort of super pale. No, um, and it's not really dark amber either. It's kind of a... Yeah, golden... Yeah. Golden, easy, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, definitely quite noble in the nose. Um, you've, you've got that sort of, yeah, it's sort of a little bit grassy herbal um, hints of that sort of spicy hop character. Yeah. It's... Nothing super fruity. No, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of, it's like peach. It's like peach on the nose. Not, not, kind, of, not kind of citrus fruit, but kind of that more kind of stone fruit mm. smell on the, on the nose. Uh, could potentially be just as much from the yeast as the hops. Yeah, um, yeah. English yeast produces all sorts of flavors depending on which variety they've used. I'm talking of flavors. Should we try yeah, it? Yeah, go on then. Okay, yeah, you, you have you have first go on, and I'll I'll fill time whilst you're having a little sip. And it's uh, oh god, it looks good though. That's that's quite pleasant. Um, it has got like an almost. I'm still getting a bit of peachy oranginess. I don't know if that's still from the cheese I got, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's very easy going. It's not bitter at all. No, sweet. Um, it's sweet. sweet I would say finish, it's sweet yeah. rather than bitter. Um, not really overly hoppy, I'd say. I mean, obviously she's in Foggle, so what, you know, there's, there's only so much of a character <laughs> that can impart, which is fine. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I see what you mean about the orange now. Yeah, not necessarily the peach, um, but the orange. Yeah, I, I, I associate it with a sweeter beer as well. It's, yeah, it's that sort of orange. It is quite sweet, quite orangey. Um, getting a little bit of a malt taste, but not too much. It's it's very light. It's it's quite. Mm. I think sweetness is the overriding flavour, but not a uh, but not sort of a cloying sweetness. No, just just fresh enough. Yeah. So, so I don't like cloying sweetness in beer, but that is I think that's quite pleasant. Um, I wouldn't call it massively exciting. I think this, this <laughs> if it didn't have that kind of orangey sweetness, it would probably be quite boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. It hasn't got anything else to sort of back it up, but it's decent. You know, I'm, I mean, I quite like Hogsback beer. Yeah, yeah, um, they were always very popular when they were on at the pub. Um, yeah, I mean they've they've been a very long established brewery in the area, sort of way before a lot of others. So they've been sort of plying their trade for quite some time, uh, but they've not ever ever sort of ventured into the more modern styles of beer that are arriving. But no. they probably don't need to. No, but yeah, a bit more traditional, a bit more um, English ale, which yeah is is. Is very good, and we don't want that style dying out at all. So, no, absolutely not. And they've also been good, big supporters of Reading Beer Festival. They often yeah. give us prizes for things. Oh, so which you're you're heavily involved in. Yes, well. yes, I am. So, um, uh, oh, I've got the dates for it. We like the dates oh, for Reading Beer Festival next yeah, year. Yeah, so the so the bank holiday has moved next year. Oh. So the normal first May bank holiday is not on the Monday this year. It's going to be on the previous Friday to celebrate the seventy fifth anniversary of VE Day. Wow, that, yeah. I didn't know that. Bit of news sheet, so yeah. um, a little extra beer-y uh, snippet. Uh, <laughs> so it will be, the Reading Beer Festival next year will be on Thursday the 7th to Sunday the 10th. Right, uh, okay. So it'll be a little bit different. So uh, still the same days of the week. Still the same days, uh, but it means that if you want to go on the Friday, you don't have to take a day off work. Because yeah. you'll already have that day off. Nice, nice. I, I presume any sort of festivals on that weekend would probably be doing similar things as well yes so, yeah interesting and uh if you see this beer there you know what to expect absolutely so just remind us of the name again uh so this is um hop garden gold okay by hogsback excellent lovely should we get another beer yes Right then, James, what do we have next? Okay, so we have a, a bit that's been around for quite some time, one probably familiar to many of you, Dark mm. Star Hophead. Ooh, yes. Um, and the bottle said it's light and hoppy. Perfectly balanced light ale, straw-coloured, finest malted barley, and delicate fruity cascade hop flavours. Enjoyed by the sip or by the gulp. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Dark Star. Yeah. Much more pale in the glass. Yeah, it's 3.8% ABV. Um, and I'm just seeing if it says anything about uh, stuff. It's actually the just look at the bottle. The design is terrible because it has <laughs> light text on a light green background, and yeah. it's almost impossible to read. Yeah, light yellow text on light green yeah. background. So it's named. Oh, well, Dark Star is named after a song by the band The Grateful Dead. It doesn't actually say anything about the beer though. So I've got no idea which hops are in it. Uh, oh, it said. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it said fruity cascade hops. There you go, cascade. Uh, so, Does it mention whether it's UK variety? Or? I'm going to imagine it probably is UK. Because it's been... don't know. Dark Star, get in touch. Yeah, Dark Star, Stroke Fuller, Stroke Asahi. Yeah. Get in touch, let us know. So I don't know where this one is brewed. It's uh, obviously Dark Star technically in Sussex. But I think some of their beer has now been brewed in Chiswick. Mm, um, because of the... Dark Star getting bought by Fuller's, what, th- a couple of years ago? Was yeah, it? about three years ago, yeah. I think, yeah. And then... Fuller's then getting bought out by Asahi a few yeah. months ago. Yeah, it's like a 
contemporary Russian doll. Yeah. Uh, so who's going to buy it next? Is it going to be AB InBev <laughs> or buy Asahi? Oh, God. Yeah, Dark Star by AB InBev. That might be. And then they'll be bought by Amazon or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, very light in color, uh, much higher carbonation as well from the, compared to the uh, Hogsback. That, that might just be because Hogsback were more trying to authentically recreate a cask conditioning. Um, whereas this one, I guess then they're not as afraid of upping that CO2 and making it a bit more fizzly bubbly. Yeah. Nice. And I'll be really interested to try this because I had this the other day on cask at the harp in Charing Cross and mm. it wasn't the hophead of, of your, oh. uh, so hophead has been a favorite of mine for some years. Cause it's kind of, for me, it was that kind of nice light, uh, nice hoppy pale ale that, that was on that lower end, the mm, percentage, and actually, 3. The, 8, isn't there it? weren't that many breweries doing that, having that combination of flavours and low ABV, which I, which we're now seeing a lot more of. Mm. But it was the first one; it was a very go-to beer, a very start, like the good starting beer. If you're, I'd see it, I see it on a bar, and I go, I want that. Yeah, I, I don't have to think about it. I'll get that, and then I can yeah. think about what I'm going to yeah, have absolutely, next. Because I could easily just sink a pint of this. So, yeah. uh, interesting. To see, I, I haven't taken a sip of this yet. You mm. have. How's it? Well, it's 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 definitely much more aromatic than the uh, Hogsback. Yeah. Um, the Cascade is much more noticeable. Yeah, on the nose, well. the, aroma, the aroma is very very hoppy. Yeah, and um, yeah, just a lot more of that. Yeah, it's citrusy, um, a little bit resinous as well. Um, yeah, hop flavour. The, there's not much body behind it either. Well, mm-hmm. actually, more than I was expecting from 3.8. Um, not as sweet as the hog's yep. back. It's, it's got a bit of a drier finish, um, presumably from a higher hopping rate yep. and, and a hop with a higher um, alpha acid content as well. Yeah, this tastes better than the, the cast one I had. Now, interestingly, I imagine that there are a lot of breweries now, if you take a brewery like um, Sharps, mm. where their bottle Doom Bar is brewed in Burton, but their casting bar is bre- still brewed in Cornwall. Interesting. So it may well be the same with Dark Style, that maybe the bottles are still being brewed in Sussex and the cask has been moved to Chiswick. Maybe. It's obviously the, the, or vice versa. Yeah, or vice versa. I mean, obviously, I suspect the cask has a higher product, needs a higher production rate and you're now seeing, you're now seeing because the Dark Star tie-up with Fuller's and now Asahi, you're now, you're now seeing Hophead and lots more beer, lots more pubs. Yes. Yeah, and I've actually noticed a decline in the quality uh, because unfortunately the, the wider spread, the same thing with Doom Bar. Doom Bar itself used to be a wonderful, uh, they've mm. actually changed the recipe now, but there used to be a wonderful beer that you'd see a very occasion. You go, oh, don't see that very often. I'll have a pint of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's very ubiquitous. Um, yeah, I did hear it had a reputation for if if you went down into the southwest and saw it somewhere that where yep. it was obviously fresh and you were getting through it yep. quite quick, then it was worth a go. Whereas as soon as it sort of upped scale and yep. travelled all around all the corners of the UK, it sort of became a bit. Well, I think what you've got is is a two pronged effect about uh, acquisition by bigger breweries. Is you got mm. you got one they probably will change the recipe, uh, and number two the the amount of places it has to go into means just by law of ravages you're going to have it kept in grotty yeah. conditions in some pubs, and that may well something that befalls dark star beers as well. Now I find most Fuller's pubs fairly decent, mm-hmm. but the distribution the Fuller's the Fuller's distribution network goes further than Fuller's pubs. So you're going to see and Asahi will probably increase that distribution network. In fact, 
you know, one of the things that's been said, I read online, is that Asahi bought Fuller's to gain their their distribution network. Right. To actually get their beers into pubs across Britain. Yeah, so Asahi can put their pubs in. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think we're going to see Hophead as far spread as, say, London Pride, but you are probably now going to see it in more pubs. Mm. Uh, And I I I would pause before you instantly jump to Hophead and think about, well, first of all, is anyone else in the pub drinking it? Before you uh, yeah, go for the, because not every pub has the high levels of uh, condition that, say, the Nags Head does. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and the, I mean, if if the cask was on par with what I'm currently tasting, it's very pleasant, um, easy going, noticeably hoppy, but yep. not overwhelming. Yeah, it's Just, a very nice, very nice, uh, still very nice beer. The bottle version is very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, In fact, it's 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 even a touch hoppier than I uh, recall Hophead being. Um, just, yeah, I think I think maybe Hophead was one of those, I say one of those go-to beers because mm. it was that that hoppiness, and I don't think it's I don't think it's been upped. I think it's just not diminished. I think it's it's still a really good beer yeah. uh, that is still kind of pushing the boundaries of uh, above sort of golden hours because there's still mm. a lot of non-hoppy beers. Yeah, this is this is a very very highly hopped beer. Yeah, yeah, but and, it's and great. It's it's wonderful to have such a highly hopped beer. It's only three point eight. Yeah, it's and, and dry hopped quite a bit. I think. Um, yes, I, I seem to recall there that did a range of cask hophead, where they would change which hop it's dry hopped with. Mm-hmm. So you would have sort of dry hopped with citra, dry hopped with yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, Chinook, interesting uh, topical to this episode. Um, they also I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do a green hop hophead which you would see on cask. Wow, nice, yeah. So uh, I don't know if they still do that, but hopefully they do, and I'd, I'd be delighted to see if, they, if, <laughs> if I see Green Hop Hophead, yeah. I will absolutely go for that, because I remember having a few of those, and it was mm. fantastic. It was li- like the lovely hoppy uh, light taste of um, Hophead, plus that kind of extra freshness. So, uh, so obviously we haven't got that today, but that's the next best thing. So yeah. look out for Green Hop. Hophead. I will, yeah, and especially on cask. Like, yeah, it was absolutely that superb. two months of yeah. just, you can get this now or it's yeah, gone. absolutely. Nice. Should we uh, try something else? Absolutely. Okay, Mike, so what have we got for us next? Right, last up is not a beer. Ooh, not it's, a beer. It's someone that Cal and Chris talked to on the Craft Theory special uh, a few months ago. It is Y Valley Meadery. And they have done a 5.5% carbonated mead with citra hops. Interesting. Mm. So obviously we, we're talking about green hops. I, I'm pretty sure this is not green hopped, but we are talking about putting hops in whatever the hell we want. Yes. So similar to this cheese uh, that we had earlier in the episode, um, we have had some more since, and it is hoppier than yeah. I it turns first. out it turns out you need to smash the rind against your tongue, and then you get a nice hop hit. Yes, not only uh, hop flavour, but a, ni- a nice bitterness. Um, yeah, it's quite a, quite actually quite tasty. A nice all round flavour. Yeah, you're gonna have mm. a snaffle some of that now. Yeah, mm. it is a decent hop. There are actually, I think there's a couple of these now made. I think this is the original one, the Hereford Hereford hop, but mm. it's pretty good. Yep, yeah, I. Well, we pretty much demolished the entire block, mm. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the consequence of having sort of hoppy resin on our fingers whilst we were eating it may have diminished its initial hop flavour. A little bit. Anyway, let's hope it doesn't diminish the hoppiness of this mead. And, um, I'm very excited to try this. 
Yeah, it's because it's it's not a very traditional way of uh, presenting mead. The the tradition is a very uh, strong, very sweet. Um, yeah, yeah, sort of. You're talking like barley wine levels, but to, you know, thirteen, fourteen percent. Um, and it's 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 quite an easy fermentation process. Uh, we'll probably do an episode on it soon, but it's it's just a case of diluting it so that it can ferment because honey's a bit too intensely sugar uh, for the for the yeast to take hold, and so nothing happens. It's it's very good at that preserving. It's interesting there. Sort of the production of this is kind of now straddling the line between mead and honey beer. Yes. Uh, well, they're now making a mead with hops in it, which is <laughs> again I haven't tried it yet. So, this is really, so it looks like white wine. It so looks carbonated like white. white wine. Yeah. Now, mead you're normally looking n- n- not that color. Mead is normally kind of a darker color mm. and quite and quite almost quite quite thick, quite viscous. Yeah. Uh, this is not. It d- it does look like a white wine. Yep. Um, and it smells a lot like a white wine. Yeah, I it does. I don't it know does, how. Yeah. I don't know what part of fermented honey and hops ends up smelling like white wine um it might be something to do with the yeast it might be a a sort of character from whatever yeast they're using uh maybe they are using a wine based yeast mm. it's possible yeah we'd have to talk to them um there are there are hints of some of that sort of citrusy um fruitiness as well presumably from the citra so do you want to try it and see what you think i will i will i'm a little bit uh, scared because it does yeah. smell so much of white wine, and I'm yep. not the. I don't. Rec- I reckon it will taste different. It'd be weird if it tastes the white wine. Oh, that's very different. Does it not taste that's, the white wine? Mm, okay, right. Um, no, mm, like ten percent. Okay, let me have a taste and the, see what I think. The little, the little aftertaste is maybe a little bit white winey, but that big honey sweetness at the front just envelops everything. That's lovely. That is an odd drink. Yeah. I like it, but it's mm. odd. It's it doesn't taste of mead. At, no, not cause, that. Because yeah, mead, I'm used heavy. to. I'm used to it to, to be very tongue coating mm. and very sweet. This is not sweet. It's, it is. It's a bit, but then it's it gives a bit away. sweet. But I mean, it's less sweet. I, I I mean, I think mead is one of the sweetest of all the kind of the traditional English drinks. Yeah, well, this is honey. Th- so yeah. whereas this is not as sweet as ciders. A lot of ciders. This is. And in fact, yeah, it's not as sweet as a lot of beers. I think this is actually quite well rounded. Yeah, the, I, I don't know at what point they've added the citra or how, um, but yeah, it's just it's really interesting. Yeah, that that big honey sweetness and then a fruity sort of citrusy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't. Dryness, it, it but it's doesn't, super dry. It doesn't impart the usual citra taste that you're used no. to because citra is a very identifiable hop yeah. i love citra as a hop but this is not a beer i mean for instance if you if you put this beer this 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 mead and you had a sip of oakum citra which yeah. is, i think well, the first beer that was brewed in the uk was citra single hop beer you wouldn't know that it was the same hop mm, yeah that because the base is so different yeah it, 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 it brings out different flavors but it's certainly really interesting yeah so why valley meadery um, from Wales yeah I, I'm not sure I actually mentioned that it was Y Valley Meadery yeah um, but I did mention that Cal and Chris talked to them so uh, yeah they're l- lovely people uh, from the, from their uh, account and um, weird lovely drink yeah do you want to talk about the bit on the back about the statistics they add statistics on here 300,000 flowers visited, 12,000 miles flown for the honey in this bottle. So in one bottle, 
they've crunched the numbers and that that's those bees they work busy. they sure work hard busy busy bees um yeah and a citra in a mead what yeah it is it's it's very easy going uh i mean the abv is is yeah 5.9 nice Com- yeah, yeah nice compared to i mean i mean meads are what meads can be like 13 yeah. yeah. they can be All really high place. uh bottle conditioned as well which yep. is uh interesting, is interesting to see yep. so potentially not force carbed either um yeah, I mean, it doesn't have the the carbonation is very very light. Mm. Uh, it's it's not got any sort of. I mean, I mean, it doesn't have head on it, but it's um, it's certainly you can see a very very some very light bubbles that are still just going around, which is lovely to see. Mm. And actually, you know, well, mead itself, you're not used to having any carbonation at all. It's a it's a still drink, so actually, I think it adds a quite a a nice li- yeah. nice nice little freshness to little, the little to, pep to little... The, little pep to the mouthfeel, I think. Mm. And and uh, all contributes to making it less of that sort of super heavy, stodgy stereotype. Yeah, no, I think I think I think it's good. I, I'm really glad that sort of beer producers, cider producers, meaderies are sort of filling those gaps mm. uh, of of where you know I love traditional stuff and it's brilliant, but actually there's so much there's so much range for for different percentages, different flavors, different styles to kind of yeah, fill gaps. Because yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of everyone's got different tastes and there's a lot of gaps left for people like, oh, I really like this element of that and this element of yep. that and just finding that little middle ground. Yeah, because you be spoke... favourite drink. Well, yeah, I mean, you've spoken before on, on this podcast about sort of lower alcohol beers and sort of mm. Big Drop who are... Breweries like Big Drop who are, who are doing those sort of things. So there are so many uh, so many gaps and I'm glad that Y Valley Media are filling that sort of gap. Actually, it's probably going to end up making mead more accessible i would yeah. have thought through doing this yeah and that might lead people to want to you know this might be a gateway drug to harder <laughs> hardcore mead for some people yeah true like yeah. if people that never would have stumbled upon the traditional sorts of mead yeah without going through this as a as a gateway yeah and yeah one wonderful thing because you don't you don't want those traditions to die out yeah but you also want, don't want because uh, I remember going in the in the pub, and there used to be guys drinking there who used to drink out of a Viking drinking horn and have a T-shirt saying "Drink Mead and Praise Odin." Yeah, and yeah. actually think not everyone's going to be like him, and you no. probably want to make it more accessible. And, to, and so with with uh, with hopping mead, and uh, I believe they do an elderflower and they do a, yeah, a rhubarb version yep. as well. That, anything that makes it more accessible introduces more people to the to the traditional stuff so yes brilliant absolutely brilliant well done um and a, a very nice balance to the other beers as well and, mm. the, and the cheese yeah so, so I'll have a bit more of right now yes <laughs> um oh and and uh i know cow's not here but one of his favorite drinks is the mold mead at the ale house as well uh, a pub in reading Every Christmas time, they they don't do a mold wine, they don't do a mold cider, they do a mold mead, and which it is, is really his, good. It's, it's one of his re- favourite drinks. Of all oh, time. I think it's I think it's brilliant as well. It's one that uh, I like going on a little mold trip in Reading Town Centre <laughs> on a on a on a, a, a crisp Christmas evening. Yes, a, um, a mold walk and having a yeah having a, the mold mead is really really nice. Mm. So here's to you, Cal. Yeah, uh, cheers, Cal. You're out there on the rig. <laughs> yeah. Um, he will be back for the next episode, which he will be brewing something. I don't think he's decided what yet. So we'll see. It won't be green hot beer. <laughs> no, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, don't forget to check out our um, social media accounts, all our Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are at By the Mash Tun for all of that. 
Uh, do check out themaltmiller.co.uk as well. They've very graciously supplied us with the the malt and the yeast for today's episode. Obviously, I've sourced the hops myself. And there is the recipe for this beer on their website as well, if you're, if you're interested in looking. It doesn't feature any hops. So if you are looking specifically to do a green hop beer sourced from hops that you find yourself or source yourself it's a it's a good base to to build on top of so check it out uh check them out fantastic people and um until next time when cow will be brewing something intriguing i assume uh i think it's time to say goodbye bye bye, bye.